You're listening to The Whatcom Report, a Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce program in partnership with KGMI. Good morning and welcome to The Whatcom Report. I'm your host, Guy Chagrasso, President and CEO of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce. And today's show feels like maybe a little bit of repeat of what you may have heard yesterday on Mr. Mike Kent's show. We're just going to do it better. Um, and so no, no disrespect to Mike. We love Mike. Uh, but today is actually a and also an interesting show for those that listen to the Walk Report. We have one of our other hosts on the other side of the microphone this morning, along with uh, one of the most knowledgeable human beings in this entire county. So I look forward to, and I'm, you know, you'll figure out who who's who uh, when we get back. But I'm looking for a, looking forward to a great show on our local real estate market and what may be happening at the state level to maybe ease some of those concerns and some of those pain points, we hope. So stay tuned, grab a cup of coffee, and we'll be right back. Where do you go to find the best steakhouse between Seattle and Vancouver, B.C.? Northwest Washington's famed Steakhouse at Silver Reef is the place for award-winning, unforgettable fine dining. Savor our Northwest-sourced, dry-aged USDA prime steaks. Finish to perfection in our 1,800-degree broiler. Immerse yourself in world-class elegance. Browse our award-winning wine and spirit list, while our attentive staff help to create lasting memories. Reservations are recommended through SilverReefCasino.com or by calling Silver Reef Casino Resort. At Silver Reef Casino Resort, we've got that. Escape the hustle and bustle of the city and get ready for a fun and relaxation-filled getaway. Luxury hotel rooms? Yep. Championship golf? Mm-hmm. Top-rated casino with all the best slots and table games? Yes and yes. World-class dining at the region's best and Wine Spectator award-winning steakhouse? Yes, please. The total package is only missing one thing. You. Silver Reef Casino Resort. Located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. Why West Edge Credit Union? Because they're all about the community. Of course I like that West Edge has low interest rates and loan specials. But what I really love is that West Edge partners with local nonprofit and City of Bellingham organizations. Plus they put on events like Community Shred. And they talk to me like I'm a real person, not an account number. West Edge really cares. Join West Edge Credit Union today. West Edge is federally insured by NCUA. West Edge Credit Union, on the corner of James and Alabama in Bellingham. Whatcom County and Northwest Washington offer endless beauty, and our phones make it possible for us to capture it instantly. And now KGMI is giving you another way to share your incredible pictures with Whatcom Wanderings. Just go to KGMI.com, look for Whatcom Wanderings, post your photos, and tell us where you took them. So share your pictures of our area's incredible beauty and complexity with Whatcom Wanderings at KGMI.com. Welcome back to the Walkman Report, a program of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce in partnership with KGMI, 790 News Talk. And as promised, we're going to talk about uh, real estate today. And so it's a topic that I know uh, many people are familiar with, and we're going to take a little bit deeper view on it, I think. Um, And we've got, I think, two experts in the industry, one of which, Mary Kay Robinson, uh, for those that listen to the show regularly, will recognize The Voice is one of our other hosts on the Walkman Report. So Mary Kay, thank you for being here. And then we also have Perry Eskridge. And so Perry, your title's changed, I think, over the years with the Realtors <laughs> Association. So you're now the Government Affairs Director, correct? I am, yes. Perfect. 
So how about we start with you, Perry, and just tell us a little bit about you and your role and what the Realtor Association is and does. Sure. So about uh, back in 2006, the Whatcom County Association of Realtors, in response to some um, zoning changes that were being discussed at the city council level, decided that realtors, as the experts in the industry, needed to have a larger voice in local government issues dealing with real estate matters and housing in particular. You know, whereas the Building Industry Association brings that perspective of the developers and the people that actually build the housing, realtors are the ones that are actually out talking to the consumers and finding out, you know, what, what are people able to afford? You know, what are you qualifying for in terms of loans? What do you need to, um, you know, meet your family's goals and everything? What, what types of housing are you looking for? And so together, the two of us complement each other pretty well with regards to the entire industry. Um, but the realtors did not have a specific voice at that time. We relied on members to volunteer to go and talk to the city council and it wasn't organized. So, you know, back then, um, Peter Roberts, who was the president of the association at the time, broker at John L. Scott, he decided that it was time to hire a dedicated government affairs director to lead those efforts on behalf of the association. And I'm actually the second individual to fill that role. The first person was here for several months and then went to work as legal counsel for the legislature. And then I came on in 2007 and have been here since. So very nice. Yeah. Uh, and it truly, I always appreciate Perry, your perspective. You're one of my go-to people, especially from a real estate perspective. So thanks for joining us this that. morning. Thank you. And then Mary Kay. Yes. This is weird being in the other side. I know. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the other the other seat. <laughs> yeah, so my pleasure. Thanks for for time. Yeah, so you don't always get the opportunity to introduce yourself as a guest. So maybe <laughs> you want to say something a little different than you normally would on the show. Yes. Uh, so after uh, a career in mortgage financing and bank management. Uh, where I did, I did lots of mortgages, all sorts of kinds. Um, I decided to flip to the other side of the real estate transaction and join, um, get into real estate and got my realtor license and have thoroughly enjoyed everything that I do. I love working with my clients. And I'm also, I've have found a, a new passion for advocacy for all things real estate, because it really is the American dream. And it's, probably the biggest source of wealth for the vast majority of Americans is, is building that equity in the home. So I've always been involved in affordable housing. I did affordable housing loans when I was a lender and also different kinds from manufactured homes in the park up through the state bond programs, the Washington State Housing Finance Commission loans and everything in between. Uh, it's, it's been, it's, it's, there's never a dull day. <laughs> Something's always changing. And uh, it's it's interesting to watch the market and uh, yeah, seen some some swings and and we'll talk about that soon, I'm sure. Yeah, well, thanks for being here. Uh, so kind of to that very point, um, I love data. I love stories too, but I love data. Uh, and in theory, we can't we can ignore data, but we can't necessarily uh, lie about it, right? I suppose you could, but good data. And so when we think of good informed data, 
um, and that leads to good decision making. I'm curious from the both of you, what are the what are those stats? What are those data sets that you're leaning into? Maybe right now, um, as the real estate industry has seen a, a little bit of a, a shift or a couple of shifts over the last few years. What are those what are those data sets that you're leaning into right now? Well, Perry, if, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just throw out some numbers and then you can follow up. So I just pulled up, in fact, I gathered some information for um, uh, uh, someone at the, in the planning department who was interested and in, like, what do the numbers say? Because you know what? Numbers tell a story and the numbers don't lie. So just for Whatcom County, just to give a perspective of what's happening in our market, December 2016, what was the, the median home sale price in Whatcom County. Median means half the homes are less than that, half the homes are more than that. The median just, price for a home. Just perspective, this is during the month of December, what was that, five years ago? No, more than that, seven years ago. Right? Yeah, well, six years ago. Six, six years, years ago, years essentially. Uh, this yeah. would be December so 2022. December, yep, so December, we're doing your, uh, Six years over six years. Uh, okay. December 16, Whatcom County median home price was 315000 That's December 16 for Whatcom County, residential only. Yeah. Now hmm. contrast that with the December 2022, so just last month, we are at in Whatcom County, this is countywide, 602000 so just shy of double, shy of double. And then we wonder why we have an affordability crisis. It, it's, it's, we, and we've had, you know, changes to the market. Um, and essentially what happened, and, you know, Perry can chime in here too, but when we had the recession, we were going gangbusters in 07, 08, 06, 07, 08, as far as building more housing, building more housing, building more housing. Then the Great Recession um, hit, which we won't go into that now, but, uh, and everything just ground to a halt. A lot of contractors went out of business. A lot of mm -hmm. people got out of the trades and there was nothing. Well, funny thing, you know, people kept having babies and, you know, population kept growing and households or, you know, immigration. I mean, we still needed more housing, but we stopped. And now we're in a place where- We stopped building we're, we're more housing specifically. Correct. Right. Okay. And we're 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 hurting. We're hurting for housing. Yeah. So, so and not only that, we didn't just stop housing. We never really started again. Um, you know, in 2016, when we're talking about when those median prices were, um, there was some housing getting started, but we were already in a deficit in Whatcom County by you know several thousand homes, and. In 2016, for example, I, and I, it's going to sound like I'm really picking on Bellingham here, but they are the population and employment center for Whatcom County. And I kind of want to frame all of this in terms of our other goals, right? We want a transportation plan that's robust. We want public transit that's robust. We want climate change action that is robust. Um, what's throwing a wrench into all of this? The housing market is. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about it didn't just start up again, it, it, it languished and it, it keeps languishing. But in 2016, the city of Bellingham consciously decided to make a policy that what they were going to do was not focus on single family housing anymore, 
but focus on that high density, high rise housing and really prioritize that. And what nobody ever asked at the city council was, is that the type of housing that people are looking for when they're moving here? And, you know, we can talk about this a little bit more later, but the reality of it is, is construction now primarily has been multifamily, 75% of all of the housing construction in Bellingham has been multifamily housing of some sort. And we are really close to our next break, but I just want to caveat that a little bit. A lot of the multifamily housing that we have are apartments, rentals, mm -hmm. because condos are really difficult to, to, That's to, to build or at least to process in Washington state. So we're going to talk about the nuances of that uh, when we get back. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Cascade Natural Gas is offering energy efficiency rebates so you can enjoy more comfort in every room of your home and a lower energy bill, all while earning cash incentives. Find out how upgrading to high-efficiency gas equipment will keep you warm in the winter and cool in the summer and earn rebates. Contact a Cascade Trade Ally today. Innovations for Quality Living sells low-pi and fireplace extraordinaire inserts, fireplaces, and freestanding stoves. Whether you're looking for a freestanding stove, built-in fireplace, or fireplace insert, Innovations professional staff can help with product selection, installation, and interior design options. Stop by Innovations showroom and see all the new natural gas burning displays today on James Street in Bellingham and online at innovations-fql.com. So, if you're a Cascade Natural Gas customer, take another walk through your home and start thinking of all the rebates you could earn when you upgrade the energy efficiency of your home. Don't wait. Find out more today at cngc.com to start earning your cash rebates. Are you looking for health insurance? Is 2023 the year you finally retire? Maybe you were unable to make a change to your plan during the annual enrollment period. Hi, this is Marcia Neal at Vibrant USA. Special enrollment periods may allow you to still make a change to your insurance plan for 2023. Whether you have questions about Medicare or individual health plans, the friendly agents at Vibrant USA can help. Give us a call, 866-733-5111 and put us to work for you. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city, but sometimes things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI traffic alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back to The Walk Report. I am here with Perry Eskridge of the Walkham Realtors Association and Mary Kay Robinson of Windermere slash on the board or I think you're still on the board of the Realtors Association, and we're talking about yeah. uh, real estate. And so we, we were mentioning what led us to this local housing crisis in uh, talking about um, inventory, really, uh, what I think the ultimate dialogue is. But in the break, we were having an interesting conversation. I want to bring back to that, thinking it along I-5 like comparing Bellingham versus, let's say, Ferndale versus Blaine. So Mary so, Kay has right. those sales stats, yeah. Go ahead, Mary Kay. 
I do. I do. And interesting. And it used to be years ago. Oh, you can just get, it's a lot cheaper, you know, go out of Bellingham, Bellingham. Drive to qualify. Right. Was that, was that the word? Or is that the phrase? I believe a lot. Um, so just remember, we had the Wacom numbers. The Wacom median was 602 in December 22, 315 in December 16. Now let's jump to Bellingham. What are the Bellingham numbers? Well, in December 2016, the median home price, medium home sale, was 340,500. Not that much more than the county, only about 25,000 more, right? Yeah. The median now for Bellingham in December 2022 uh, is 680. So we had 602, $78,000. So the gap has widened as far as the difference between the two. Now let's compare. It's like, well, I'll just go to Blaine or Ferndale. I'll just go there. That's a lot cheaper. I can do that. Well, for Ferndale, um, you know, things have changed. In December 16, Ferndale was 313,200. Not that much different than Bellingham, but in December of 2022, the median for Ferndale was 630,000. So it's it's not cheap necessarily to live in Ferndale. What about Blaine? Let's talk about Blaine. So for Blaine in December 16, the median sales price was 274, 274,000. Then in December uh, 2022, the median is 536,000, a little bit less, but not necessarily you know, affordable by, by when you're talking about all economic segments, that all economic segments, which is what's required in the comp plan, that all economic segments can afford a house. Now it's certainly cheaper than Bellingham, but it would be interesting you know, to get uh, information from the city and or county, where do people live, work, and I know anecdotally, you know, drive a little, save a lot. That's kind of the, the catchphrase in real estate. You know, if we, if we really are serious about climate change, and if that's important to people, if that is a priority, if we're not building the kinds of houses that people want to buy, they'll drive to get it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I think what's really missing in this whole discussion is you know, we talk about Ferndale and driving till you qualify. Well, look at the median home price in Ferndale right now. You're looking at about a $2,500 mortgage payment, which, you know, that's assuming the 20% down, 6% interest, 5% interest, somewhere in there. I mean, we're rough numbers, right? $2,500. That's an $8,000 a month salary. Yeah. Traditional. Using traditional, traditional yeah. Uh, mechanisms. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't think people realize, you know, that's those levels of salaries in Whatcom County are pretty few and far between. I want eight thousand dollars a year. That'd be nice. Or eight thousand dollars a month. Yeah. And and you know, so that's that's really what we're talking about. Why do we have a housing crisis? It's because of all of the market factors that have been brought to bear on Whatcom County we have actually priced the Whatcom County resident for the most part out of owning a home here. If you didn't own your home prior to 2008, 2009, up to 2016, you're probably not going to unless you get really creative somehow. Yeah. And that's that's the fear here, right? Is that 
the residents that already live here can't really invest in their own community and own a piece of their community because we have made it such that it's impossible for them to afford it. And that's really sad. You can't even drive up I-5 anymore to qualify. Now you have to go to Maple Falls to qualify. You have to go to Sumas and Everson to qualify, which puts the you know all that traffic now on those two-lane highways coming into the Bellingham, where you know I, I meant to say the Ham, but Bellingham for your job, and um, it's it's not aligning with our principles. That's that's really fundamentally what it comes down to. So, and I realized that the silver, like there may not be a silver bullet anymore. There may not, not be a, a single not. thing, but yeah. what are those things that, and again, I, I've gotten to the point of telling people, like, we just need to stop talking about affordability, like, especially yeah. in the short term, like we can't fix it in the short term. This has got to be this unpacking of decades long, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, Perry, you kind of mentioned it a little bit when you were talking like the the recession. So the the other recession, 08, right? Um, I mean, you kind of mentioned it. We didn't have enough then. Right. And, well, you know, in, in the chat group, the Countywide Housing Affordability Task Force, then just as an example, 2008, for affordable housing, you know, which is people making 80% of the median income in the county, that group, which was a blue ribbon panel of developers, government officials, what have you, actually chaired by Seth Fleetwood, the current mayor of, of Bellingham, that, that group decided and, and determined that we were 11,000 housing units short to meet the demand of people making 80% of median income in the county. 11,000 short back then. Yeah. And we have not cut up. In fact, it's gotten worse since. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and again, the we talk about numbers and stats all the time. And I've, I've some people have heard me mention, I like, I don't love, I don't, I don't necessarily use the word affordable housing anymore because it's, it's the Kleenex of facial tissue, right? It's this universal term that we throw out that we don't really know what we're talking about, right? People have started um, to talk about attainable housing. Exactly. Available yeah. housing. We we right. measure that. Like your industry measures that anyway and has traditionally. So why are we not building policy around that 5% rental vacancy rate, that three months of inventory on the MLS? That's what I'm asking our policymakers now is like, let's actually talk about creating some space in the system. And we can measure that because we already do. Right. Well, and I think that's and, something. And, oh, go ahead, Mary Kay. No, I would just say you're right. And, and just to give you some context to the inventory, when rates um, hit seven and a quarter, I think was the peak in November, the Fed um, started raising short-term interest rates and effective mortgage rates. Mortgage rates went to like seven and a quarter in November and everything just, I mean, it's like, you know, somebody slammed the door shut. Mm -hmm. And we do have about three months of inventory. Prior to that, if everybody remembers all the multiple offers and all that stuff, we were looking at under 1%, uh, under one month, rather, of inventory. That's why, and there were so many buyers trying to get in to a home 
But now that interest rates are higher, now they've all taken a back seat waiting for rates to moderate a bit. And they have, thankfully, where you can get down into the five, which historically is a really great rate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. lenders are getting. Well, it's a great rate when housing is not $600,000. Well, and now there, you know, things are just sort of pausing and slowing down a little bit. So, you know, certainly there's opportunity, but there's things that we can do. And I know um, Perry can comment certainly on the condo end of things. And by the way, just for the record, my first house was a condo. Um, and you're right, Perry, there's no, there's no silver bullet. We've, we've dug this hole really deep. Because things that should have happened, you know, 20 years ago didn't happen. And then mm-hmm. now we are reaping the consequences of the decisions. Yeah. So we are to our break and we'll be right back. What makes your team look more professional and carry a bold statement that they're proud to work for your company? A crisp company logoed shirt or uniform from Bergen. Sun is shining and I feel so Whatcom County's local logo apparel experts. Bergen pairs their commitment to personal service with professional results, specializing in embroidery, heat application, screen printing, and all kinds of logoed promotional products. Your company apparel should reflect the standards of your business. And when your team wears Bergen's customized apparel, it will. Bergen's new owners understand the importance of your image. They go the extra mile to provide crisp logo apparel. They guarantee that the order will be completed on time to your specific vacations with a smile. Elevate your company brand with Bergen customized company apparel. From polos to sweatshirts, ball caps to bags and more, Bergen does it all. Give them a call to get a quote within 24 hours or stop by the showroom Monday through Thursday on Iron Gate in Bellingham and online at bergenembroidery.com. Honey, look what I brought home. Not a cat. You know I'm allergic. Well, you know what they say. When the cat's away, the mice will play. (laughs) Why didn't you just call Biobug? Have you had enough of playing cat and mouse? Biobug Pest Management is here to help. Whether you have rats or mice in your business, residence, or commercial building, Biobug is committed to providing a solution that's right for you. To learn more and get your free quote, visit Biobug.com. Biobug Pest Management. Service you trust, experience you expect. Now hiring service techs. In the shop. Toyota's still fully vested in the internal combustion engine, and they saw as a visionary the future being a, uh, a fuel cell vehicle. Steve from Panacea, Kurt from Angler, Brian from Dr. John's, and Dan from Bellingham and Burlington Automotive. The efficiency's there, but find me a location where you can go fuel up your hydrogen fuel cell yeah. here in, in Whatcom <laughs> County. In the shop, 9 to 10 a.m. every Saturday on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM at KGMI.com. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city. But sometimes, things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI Traffic Alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. A conservative take on issues important to Whatcom County and the Pacific Northwest. This sounds crazy that you're going to tell the schools you must do extra service for those kids with learning difficulties. But when it comes to especially gifted kids, we can't give them special classes because it doesn't include a sufficient percentage of kids of color? Yes, that's what's actually happening in Washington State. Lars Larson, noon to three each weekday on KGMI. 
Hi, I'm Tom Borthick, the Diamond King. Yes, we have a clearance sale with 50% off selected items. But don't forget other businesses in our shopping center, like Mount Baker Lanes, a bowling alley. Their bar has been expanded and they've remodeled. Bowling is a fun activity for the whole family. You can join a league or it makes a great place for a party. Their restaurant has wonderful juicy burgers and delicious pizzas. You can enjoy anytime. Stop by Mount Baker Lanes today, exit 262 in Ferndale. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Don't worry about your furnace on the coldest days of the year. Talk with West Mechanical, your independent train dealer, about replacing your old inefficient furnace with a train comfort system. Today, find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Welcome back to The Walk Report. I'm your host, Guy Strasso, President and CEO of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce. The Walk Report is a program of the Chamber in partnership with KGMI. Uh, and we're here talking um, real estate. And so I think what we want to talk about in this segment is, you know, how do we change that? Are there things going on at the state, since we are in the midst of session right now, um, that would, could, change some of this. So Perry, since this is kind of your realm, uh, tell us what we need to know what's going on right now. Well, I think if everybody wants to get an idea of what the silver bullet will look like, a really good example locally in Whatcom County would be the city of Ferndale. Um, We have a newer planning director up there, Michael Sorbonne, um, that is really um, you know, tackling these issues head on and has sort of created a community-wide discussion, um, helped out, of course, by Yori Burnett, the city administrator, and uh, Mayor Hansen and council, um, to discuss about how Ferndale is going to contribute to the housing solution. And some of the things that Ferndale has done recently has been um, some really innovative things. For example, um, Mary Kay, I'm sure, would be the first to tell you that manufactured homes are kind of the last bastion of affordable housing if you want a sort of stick-built house on a lot. And um, one of the things that Ferndale has done is recently adopted an ordinance that allows manufactured housing in every zone in the city. If you've got a lot, you can put a manufactured home on it. And they've also agreed to create uh, more innovative manufactured housing parks that are much more affordable to create and um, much more pleasant to live in when you look at the actual details. Um, Ferndale adopted an accessory dwelling unit ordinance um, about, about the time that Bellingham did. And I don't want to leave Bellingham out of this because just the other night we had a hearing on the ADU ordinance in Bellingham to talk about things like owner occupancy for houses with um, uh, ADUs, um, lot coverage, you know, design, all that sort of stuff. But Ferndale has really gone further. They don't have an owner occupancy requirement anymore. Um, They have really, you know, beefed up the the regulations that give you more flexibility in designing an ADU to fit with your house and in the neighborhood. And has just really made it very easy to create an ADU. And and as I drive through Ferndale, because that's where I live, 
um, I'm starting to see people taking advantage of this. And there are some really cool ADU examples in Ferndale right now. Um, we're also talking about cottage housing where you own your, your house, but the, the grounds themselves are owned in sort of a condominium style um, where an HOA takes care of the grounds and all of that. And, and really you have a smaller home, so you're not maintaining it, right? You don't have to maintain the lawns. Um, but if you need one, maybe you've got a community center in the in the middle of it. I mean, just these really, really innovative types. You can see townhomes in Ferndale. You can see all of this stuff. Bellingham is getting there, but that's what we're, even as we talk about this and the cities try to be innovative, they are still running up against laws that don't let them do this. And so, for example, one of the ones that we're pushing through this year at the legislative session is a bill, House Bill 1293, if anybody wants to look it up. It's um, streamlining those regulations that increase housing costs and litigation. So for example, um, the, the big thrust of this bill is that you don't have to do a separate environmental impact statement when you go to make a development. <laughs> you can rely on the impact statement that was done for the comprehensive plan. And as long as you don't exceed the densities or the zoning that's in the comprehensive plan, you don't have to reinvent the wheel before you get your building permit. And Mary Kay, you know, this, this has been a big deal for developers because, you know, doing that extra requirement adds months to, to that process. Absolutely. Time is money. Yep. You know, the other thing we're looking at is, um, and this is actually a bill that's being sponsored by the 42nd District, um, you know, Whatcom County's Senator, Sharon Shoemake, uh, Senate Bill 5258, which is increasing the supply and affordability of condominiums. Um, you know, Washington had one of the worst supplies of condominiums, but this bill is hopefully going to improve the condominium market by improving the process to repair condominium defects, streamlining the process for construction of smaller condominium projects, and um, ensuring reasonable impact fees for, for condominiums. And like Mary Kay said, her first house was a condominium. That's the way it is for a lot of people. Well, I don't think it's, if you're under, the, under 40, because there's not many of them. There's not, no, you're right. But you know, I'll I'll be honest with you. I own a stick-built home on a larger lot in Ferndale, but I also own a condominium where I put my mother-in-law. And I got to tell you, after seeing how easy it is to take care of my mother-in-law's place, condos have a certain appeal for me right now. <laughs> I don't have to mow the lawn. I don't have to worry about the exterior. I don't have to worry about shoveling the walks. <laughs> So question, and again, this is pinging on more of a topic that we had uh, in a previous segment. So 2016, $350,000 for a home. We're going to use the A word that I do not like, affordable, because again, it doesn't really mean anything. But I think from wages perspective, and especially from prices today, $315,000, $350,000 for a home, especially a medium price home, seems quite nice. Will we ever get back to that? Mm, I don't know. I 
I need a bigger crystal ball. Yeah. What, what was that, Carrie? I need a bigger crystal ball. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I would be. Great. Can you talk to about a little bit about the zoning? Because this is where this is the crux of it: is single-family zoning, and what does that mean, and what does that mean for communities? Sure. So, single-family zoning right now—it's it's what we call the exclusionary zoning, right? We exclude uses. Um, ultimately, what we've discovered is we're excluding people. Yeah. From we're from saying home. no to humans. Yeah. It, it used to be we were excluding uses, and then it got weaponized, if you will, and 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 suddenly it's you know a very discriminatory type of tool. What we're looking at is, can you get back to that three hundred thousand dollar home? I don't know that it's possible right now because the cost of materials and labor to build a home is very expensive, and so that's that's one of the big factors but what levers would we have available if we wanted to do that you know the materials are going to cost what the materials are going to cost labor is going to cost what people want to charge for their work but permitting costs you know we could reduce permit fees if we wanted to um that's that's a question for the policy makers impact fees is another one um, I'll give you an example. It costs the same impact fee for Habitat for Humanity to build a self-help home as it pretty much does for you to build an 8,000 square foot home in the Edgemore neighborhood. The impact fees are about the same. Mm -hmm. That's not fair. I believe we should have a sliding scale for impact fees. If you're building a smaller home, smaller in, you know footprint, smaller lots, the impact to the city and everything, people would argue it's the same, but I, I say, nah, I don't think it is. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be. You know, those that are building monster homes should have to pay a fee accordingly. I just, you know, that's kind of the way I see it. Yeah. But um, there's also a permit staff, right, that needs to be paid, and that's what the permit fees go for. So there's, there's some constraints there, but there is also some more flexibility. What I find very interesting is when we talk about expense and everything, what kind of home are people looking for today? Does everybody want a 3,000 square foot home on a 20,000 square foot lot? What I'm seeing is in the, in the literature from the Realtors Association and just talking to some of the realtors is people would be more content with a smaller home on a lot that they don't have to maintain, read mow the lawn every four or five days or, you know, um, paint and all this sort of stuff. But what they want is a smaller home with some privacy so that they can have friends over for a barbecue or let the dog run in the backyard. But they want higher level amenities in the mm -hmm. home. Am, am I getting this right, Mary Kay? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about um, people. I mean, people want choice, basically. And if someone wants to have a half acre lot, okay, fine, they're they're out there. But a lot of people, especially in our aging population, they don't want a big yard. They don't want to cut the grass. They don't want to do all that stuff. They just want a little piece. You know, they have the. Uh, I was talking to a new buyer yesterday, and they they have a one and a half year old son. They're planning to have more children. He said, "We don't want a big yard." We just want a little place to 
for the kids to, you know, fence, run around, you know, they have a dog. Um, they just want a little place. That's, that's, that's all it is. And as far as reducing costs are concerned, this is where it plays into the zoning aspect. If you're zoning single family, and I think you're right to describing it, essentially it's zoning people out. It used to be land use. You don't have a house next to a factory. That doesn't make sense. But what about zero lot line homes, townhomes, right. where you're sharing walls? You can still have a private courtyard in the back or whatever, but now you've dramatically cut those costs. Parking is also another, you know, issue because there, there are parking requirements. But if you uh, uh, locate it near transit, can you get by with less parking uh, requirements? And does that mean you could have more units? And you start, you start to, uh, what is that? The, the average, the, the cost, the per, the marginal cost per unit. Now yeah. you're bringing that marginal unit down. And now we start to talk about some actual affordability. And sometimes people just want, I just want a little place. I don't want to be in a high rise. I just want a little, I want a little cottage. I just, I want this thing. I just want this when little it, place and then we'll go public park and have, yeah. have fun. And I think it. all of this kind of gets back to that point that Perry was talking about is having enough supply, having enough inventory in each segment that people have choice, right? Like people Correct. can move up and down the housing spectrum based upon their needs and wants and what their priorities are in life. So we, We've gone really long this segment, so we need to take a break, and we'll be right back. Enjoy your retirement at Meadow Greens, a retirement community offering warm, welcoming, independent, and assisted living apartments. Located on a premier golf course in beautiful Linden, with panoramic views of green rolling hills and snow-capped mountains, Meadow Greens offers a fitness center, wellness programs, tailored social and recreational activities, and complimentary unlimited golf play with cart at Homestead Golf Club. One- and two-bedroom apartments with full kitchens are available, offering the freedom of eating in or enjoying a more social meal at the Outward Nine Restaurant or the Duck Hook Bistro. Then relax with a glass of wine with friends or cozy up next to the fireplace with a good book in the library lounge. Meadow Greens can also be of help when it's time to transition from an independent apartment to assisted living. Call Meadow Greens today to arrange a private tour at 354-8200 and online at meadowgreenslinden.com. The grass is always greener at Meadow Greens. Now you can mow, dig, grade, haul, and more with the perfect solution for your property, a Branson tractor. Save your back and your wallet with one of our compact but powerful tractors here at Farmers Equipment Company. Stop by and choose from our full line of Bransons to take on your toughest tasks. With tractors from 19 to 55 horsepower, we have a Branson compact or utility tractor that is perfect for you. Want to use a rotary cutter to tame that tall brush on your property? You can do that. What about snagging a scoop from that pile of gravel to maintain your driveway free of potholes? You can do that too. Branson's six-year warranty along with our factory trained technicians will make sure your new tractor is always running great. Get the tractor you want and the peace of mind you need at Farmers Equipment Company. To learn more, visit us online at FarmersEquip.com or stop by our locations in Linden or Burlington today. Farmers Equipment Company, serving the Pacific Northwest for over 86 years. Welcome back to the Walk and Report. We're here talking about real estate and talking about inventories and supply and housing types and all of the things that kind of got us into this housing. I'm going to use the word crisis, and I know a lot of people would use that too. 
Um, and I want to talk about a survey. And we were mentioning this in one of the breaks. The city of Bellingham conducts a community survey once every two years, I think. And for the last 10 or 15 years, three priorities have been in the top five. Usually they're top three, but they've been in the top five for multiple times over the last decade plus. Housing, homeless, jobs. And so when we look at each of those, particularly the homeless category and the jobs category, we can't really move the needle without that first one, right? Kind of, Perry, you were talking about um, job accessibility. And so when we think like this newer term that I've started using more recently, heard it around a lot, workforce housing, what does that look like? Well, workforce housing is that housing that's available for people that are making essentially the wages that are available in the community. Um, you know, Bellingham has a very service-oriented um, economy, um, a lot of agriculture economy. Um, they're not low-paying jobs, but they're not high-paying either, sort of that middle of the road. And the question is, you know, what type of housing would should be available for those people to live where they work so that they're not having to spend more money on, you know, automobiles, you know, insurance, all that sort of good stuff. Because I'm sure Mary Kay would back me up on this. The first thing that happens when you put somebody who works in Bellingham in Maple Falls, because that's all they qualify for in terms of a house. The next thing you see coming through is a car loan because probably the car they have isn't going to make that trip very many times before they start racking up some significant repair bills. You know, I've heard that from multiple lenders, Mary Kay. I'm sure you have too. Yep, I have. I have. So and the, the lenders say, yeah, car first. So, you know, Bellingham has worked really on a robust transportation system. You know, we've got the bike lanes, we've got the buses, um, you know, we encourage people to carpool, ride share, all of that sort of stuff. But we're also talking about building walkable communities. And, you know, the best commute is the commute that you can do on your own without having to rely on something else. It's that ability to walk out your door and within 10, 15, maybe a half hour, be at your workplace just by walking, you know, that makes it a really nice way. You get into your community, you're a part of your community, you're experiencing your community. It makes- One would say you're invested in your community. Exactly, right? Um, and, and it makes you an integral part of where you live. So, so right on Bellingham specifically, because yeah. again, I, and I think a lot of people would say if they could live in Bellingham, they would want to. Right, kind right. of to to this point. Um, how does how do we as community members and you know we can use the word leaders in Bellingham fix that? Right, well, like where do, where do we put? About. Yeah, yeah. Where do we put housing in Bellingham? We need to get away from this idea that a single family neighborhood is a specific type of structure. Okay, I, and I really believe this because I can tell you in the neighborhood across from me in Ferndale, you know, we have larger homes, larger lots. And when this developer came in, we wanted some amenities. And in order to get there, we actually had to let him build some duplexes. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, so that's what we're talking about with missing middle housing. That's the term you'll hear is there's a lot of discussion about duplexes, maybe triplexes, getting up as high as fourplexes, being allowed in single family neighborhoods. And there's a lot of concern that, you know, the style of those homes will bring down values. It will create a, you know, it, it puts too much burden on those neighborhoods in terms of parking and, and amenities, you know, like park utilization and all of that sort of stuff. But the reality of it is, is that if we were to allow this housing in the neighborhoods, especially those near the central business district or where the, you know, major employment centers are, maybe we don't have the parking problem. You know, maybe the parks, you don't have to be utilized using using the parks all the time because you're getting your exercise just by walking to work and honestly if you look at some of the amazing duplexes that are being built even threeplexes they fit right into the community i always like to play a game with people that that argue about this i say you know drive down northwest avenue from our office and tell me where the duplex is there's a duplex on this street tell me which one it is i bet you can't find it mm -hmm. Because it looks like a single family home. Yeah. And that's the thing is we need to get out of this bubble, this protectionism that we throw on our neighborhoods that, you know, something that's different, something that allows more people to live nearby me is going it's to be bad. bad. It's yeah. not going to be bad. In fact, what you're going to find is you're going to have a more diverse neighborhood. Yeah. You're going to have a more robust neighborhood. And if you're not careful, you might actually find more neighbors that you really, really like. Right. Wow. Think, think of the statistical opportunity there. Exactly. Right. So, <laughs> so we are to our uh, final break. And so stay tuned and we'll be right back. This is Barry Barometer reporting live from outside Linden Sheet Metal. It appears there is a high level of traffic around the building. I'm going in to investigate. Rose, do you know the cause of all this activity? I do. You have heard about Christmas in July sales. Well, we thought why not do the opposite and have a summer in the New Year event? Mmm, sounds intriguing. What details can you provide? All gas fireplaces, furnaces, heat pumps, and air conditioners are on sale with discounts up to $900. There are still utility rebates and there are tax credits too. We also offer financing up to 18 months with no interest if paid within terms. Why buy now, Rose? Lots of reasons. To save on utility bills, stay warmer in the winter, and to beat the rush of those who waited and be ready for cooling this summer. There you have it, folks. Call today and take advantage of Linden Sheet Metal's Summer in the New Year event. Linden Sheet Metal, serving the Northwest since 1940. Hey, at our startup, my team and I move at the speed of tech 24-7. And every single day, it's information overload. It's coming at me from all directions. And you know what? Bottom line, I just need the news that matters. So where do I turn? Local radio and TV. I want to hear from people who live and work in my town. They give me the real story with information I know I can rely on. So where else can I find out what's happening in my community? Weather and traffic, things that affect my family and my business. I want to stay informed by sources I trust. My local radio and TV stations. For the best entertainment, sports, news, traffic, and weather with no agenda and more reliable than other platforms. So if you ask me for the information I want anytime, anywhere, I stay local. 
Support your local station. Text RADIO to 52886 today. Furnished by the NAB and this station. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out. Uh, welcome back to the Walker Report. Uh, we've spent this hour talking with Perry Eskridge and Mary Kay of the Walker Realtors Association. And I don't know about YouTube, but I think we've solved housing. It's like yes to ADUs, <laughs> yes to condos, yes to expanding the UGA, like growing the city limits, if you will, uh, allowing people in, building more neighborhoods. I, one of you said a really articulate way, so I'm going to let you kind of take us out with that. Go ahead, Mary Kay. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the, I think the urban growth areas and, you know, don't need to call into the show and, and bother uh, Mr. Tehan if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I believe 1996 is when we sent our urban growth areas and that's it. We haven't changed them for 26 years, but our population has grown and we wonder why we're running out of space. And, and I think that they, ultimately we need to, kind of broaden our, our minds as to what's possible and incentivize things, uh, processes that can help us get to where we want. And it's not gonna be one thing. There is no silver bullet, just there mm -hmm. isn't. So if there isn't, what are the accumulative things that we can do like uh, incentivizing ADUs, maybe not have the permits cost be as much, incentivizing uh, uh, zoning where it's, you have articulated size and it's super attractive or having cottage housing, townhomes, that there are ways that we can uh, look at this, maybe have have um, boundaries where it makes sense, where it makes sense, like U Street area or North Kitek, that we can um, expand a little bit into where the services are already there, not mm -hmm. way out in the, the far corner of the county, but there are ways that we can do that. And I think if we open our minds to what's possible and incentivize some of those things, I think we can go a long way towards bringing housing, bringing our community together. So they're not in their car an hour a day or half an hour, yeah. whatever it is. They're actually, you know, in the community and participating, maybe walking to something or, or, or strength, you know, just strengthening those relationships and communities. Cause you know what, if we haven't learned anything in the last two years, it's about relationships matter. Yep. Saying yes to humans. And so thank you both. Yeah. We are at our time. So thank you both for joining me. And I just want to point out that you have a realtor and someone associated with Realtors Association wanting prices to be lower, which directly means less commission for the salesperson. So you have a Realtors Association advocating for something that may be not in the best interest of the individual transaction. And so that takes community to do that too. Say yes to humans. And with that, we're out. See you next week.